way that they played against Dallas, um, the way that they spaced the floor. You, you have, you know, the top three-point shooting team in the league. You know, they make them at a higher percentage than anyone else. So they're able to put five guys out there that can all make shots. Um, and then they have other guys that can create shots. So um, there's a lot of things that go into that. You're going to end up giving something up. That's Quinn Snyder as he's getting ready for the second round bound Jazz to take on the very versatile Clippers. And that's why it worries for you. Just what he laid out there. It's going to be a competitive matchup. One that could go the distance. We'll see, and we'll get into it here on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga. Podcast brought to you by Vivint, the nation's number one smart home service provider. They're teaming up with the Utah Jazz during the playoffs. For every Jazz assist, Vivint will send one kid to STEM summer camp. Together, we can match the success on the court with success in the classroom. Nominate a kid in your area at vivid.com STEM and follow Vivint on social media to see who wins. Let's just do a quick look at the series. As there are no games between them just yet and the first-round opponents aren't necessarily the same as what they faced on either side. Grizzlies aren't like the Clippers. Mavs aren't like the Jazz. So just quick things that stand out from the matchup and looking at what they played previously, what stands out to me. John Cleese against Billy Crystal. No. But you gotta say, Monty Python, pretty iconic. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that then? I've heard worse. You liar! Come on, you pansy! Faulty Towers, anyone? Let's look on the court, and of course, take this with Mike Conley's health in mind. Will he be back? We're just waiting on Team Docs. He said it wasn't as bad as the first tweak of it last season and even this season. We'll see if he's available because with the full complement of players, seeing that Memphis team against this Jazz team, there just was more talent. They were better. They operate at a higher frequency. See, it's less on the plate of Donovan. And in this series where you have two great defensive wings, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you're going to need as little on his shoulders as possible, as you can make possible. Not that he can't handle it. Showed it against Denver. He could do so much. But lessening that goes a long way. But I will say, even with that Mike Conley injury news or lack of news, Jazz have the best odds, according to William Hill Sportsbook, to advance out of the Western Conference and the second-best odds to win the championship behind the Brooklyn Nets. Just something to keep an eye on. Keep one eye open to it. Stay on the chill wagon. No need to overreact. Wise guys, pretty good at handicapping this stuff. They have resorts built upon it. Jazz have the best odds to win the West. This after we saw last week... The young guys are coming for your stuff. We're not going to see LeBron or Steph in the finals for the first time since 2010. Now, they're still the old stalwarts, a couple of them in this series with Kawhi and PG, but the young guys are coming for the stuff. Donovan Mitchell among them. In that Memphis series, there was a shred of concern of maybe seeing him rusty coming back. Well, he wasn't rusty at all. That first quarter where the Jazz just destroyed Memphis in Game 5, 
Donovan puts up 30 and 10. He did not look rusty in that first round series. He looked fine. He looked ready. And now, as you forecast this series, how's he going to do against a team that can employ two powerful wings? And will he even go up against his usual matchup when Jazz and Clippers go against each other, Patrick Beverly? Because if you watch that Dallas LA series, they went small, they made adjustments. I was pretty down on what Ty Lue was doing, not employing Kawhi Leonard out on Luka Doncic in the first game. It was more Batum. Well, they changed that, and they changed their lineup. They tried to figure out a new rotation on the fly, and they did it. They went small. They knocked out Ivica Zubats and Patrick Beverly out of their rotation. They weren't getting minutes in Game 7. They went with a small lineup. Marcus Morris, Kawhi PG, Batum, Racquetball Reggie Jackson. And it's similar to something that the Jazz have already seen this year. It was the final game that they played in L.A. in this series. Clips won, but they employed that small lineup. Instead of Reggie Jackson, it was, I believe, Patrick Beverly. And Bev was good in that. Made a couple threes off of Kawhi playmaking. They attacked Boyan in the pick and roll, trying to get him on a switch. Did that on like back-to-back possessions, and the Jazz tried to hide Rudy on Pat Bev. What Dallas did was go to his zone, and they just got destroyed by how well L.A. shoots the ball. Heard it from Quint. They're the number one three-point shooting team when it comes to accuracy. If you're going to play a zone against an NBA team, they can shoot you out of it. And they were playing that defensive system with two seven-footers. They had Boban and Chris Stapps Porzingis out there. So it was as fleet of a foot as his zone might need to be. We've seen the Jazz go zone. It's different from what they do. And that could be a way that you try to hide Boyan. But how they defend that small lineup will feature, I'm sure, what happens with Rudy. Will he be comfortable defending against that small lineup? We've seen him play well against smaller teams, but this being the playoffs, I'm intrigued to see how that matchup goes because they might even throw out Zubats in this series. They might think this is a better matchup for them if they go to their big. They don't have Serge Ibaka, but Zubats as an NBA big, he can do it. He's fine. But I'd probably anticipate them leaning in to playing small because it can cause problems. They really are that versatile, and that's why this is a scary series and one that could go the distance, be a long one. These are very competitive and good teams. Their wings are so good. Kawhi was playing out of his mind against Dallas. His mid-range shots did it on remarkable efficiency. Two 40-point games. He nearly had a triple-double in Game 7. And overall, he was shooting 60% from the field. I think our buddy Tom Haberstrow had the number this morning Shooting in the mid-range, he was around 60%. Kawhi can get that. And that's why it's going to be a big series for Royce O'Neal, who had a good one against Memphis. The closeout game, he has 17 points, 4 steals. He needs to be able to give Kawhi troubles. Because Kawhi's going to be going two ways. I'm sure at some point he's going to be guarding Donovan. And the way that he made Luka's nights difficult, he could do the same with Mitchell. But there are ways to exploit that small lineup. 
right? They're going to have to play well when that group's just switching and it can devolve into one-on-one ball where you're going in isolation, where Donovan has to beat someone off the dribble or Jordan Clarkson has to do that. It can devolve into that. And frankly, in the playoffs, know that things kind of get reductive to how's the best player going to play, right? That theory of best player on the floor, that team's going to win the series. Well, sometimes when it gets slow and you're going 1v1, those players can have big playoff series. That's why Donovan's experience in the bubble gives him so much clout. But getting shots for Jordan Clarkson through the movement of the offense probably helps him out a heck of a lot more. Like, go ISO. I don't think that's the way that the Jazz would want to play. If things are going best for them, they're still playing that Spursian basketball where everybody's touching it and it's flying around the perimeter. But as the clips go small, use the tall. The only time that Dallas was able to bludgeon L.A. on the boards was in Game 7 when they grabbed 16 offensive rebounds, most of them to Boban, but that was it. Rudy and Derek Favors need to have big games on the glass if they're going to throw that group out. And as I rewatched that last game between these two and Lou went to the Morris at 5 group, it started with favors on the floor, and it did devolve to some 1v1 basketball where Clarkson was taking some shots, and then offensively, the Clippers were going straight at Boyan Bogdanovich. It's going to be fascinating to see the counters that Quinn Snyder draws up, right? Like, what's playoff Quinn going to do as a response to what Ty Lue is going to throw out there? That's why that... Clippers Mavs series was so intriguing. It was two coaches adjusting back and forth, trying to figure things out. Carlisle against Lou, now it's Snyder. And I think around here, there's some confidence in Quinn Snyder being able to make some good adjustments. Intriguing matchup. These are two teams that could totally go to the championship round. They could go to the finals, both of these teams. They are the top two differential teams, according to Clean the Glass. The games during the regular season were always competitive. Utah probably has the best team left in terms of their established rotation and knowing exactly what they want to do. But if Kawhi has a magical Terminator, no-motion series, he could change the odds. It's going to be fun. And we'll have you covered here on Round Ball Roundup. Guests of plenty throughout the week. So stay tuned to this feed, but also check out our other feed, The Riffcast. Did it as a special treat for you. You can have a little piece of salami as a treat during the playoffs. And it's just a recap and preview of the games that are coming up. So for Memphis, we did 10 episodes. It was me, Alema Harrington. You can hear what they had to say post-game. Some of those quotes are pretty good. So you can check them out on Riffcast. It's everywhere that you get podcasts. Where you got this one, you can find it. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. Check it out. Just search The Riffcast. It's the one about the Utah Jazz. And you get caught up. All it is is five minutes. Time that it takes to scroll the timeline. Get up to date on the latest with the team and what they're saying. It's a fun project. So I invite you to check it out. Let others know that you're listening to the Round Ball Roundup. 
Five stars, nice reviews, that's all I ask of you. We'll be back. But until next time, bye for now. Thank you.